0: welcome to another round of the football fridays in georgia podcast here at georgia public broadcasting thanks for accessing us however you are doing so large device or small gpb gpb.org the gpb sports app your favorite podcatcher, and there's like 11 billion of them so whichever one you subscribe to Make sure that you subscribe to ours as well, and you get the notifications every single time this season that there is a new Football Fridays Georgia podcast up. Alongside Helen Gooden, I'm John Nelson. Hi.
1: (laughs) Wow. Hi. That was (laughs) quite the introduction. Happy Week 11, everybody. I just
0: abused the daylights out of my papers, too like pounded them on I bent my papers here. everyone heard. Yeah, I know. Well, that's that was that was kind of it was meant for emphasis but I ended up bending all of my papers that were that I have for my notes here for this week's show.
1: The emphasis is on it's the last week of the regular season. Crazy. Unbelievable. Well, I mean, and
0: considering everything that the state of Georgia has gone through, mm-hmm. I cannot tip my hat enough to the ghsa to the executive director dr robin hines to each and every single school in the ghsa to get us to where we are right now Uh, decisions were made by schools to either play region schedules straight up that's it we're going to play non-region schedules we're going to have nine games we're going to have 10 you've got to do things on the fly and I, i just tip my hat to everyone who has made this football season what it is so far
1: Less than four months ago, I started a photography business because I was so convinced we were not going to have football, and I needed to have a backup plan to bring in some income and just stay busy, keep your mind right. It's been really successful, and I've added way more work for myself than (laughs) needed to be this fall. That's a good thing, though. But I'm just so happy that we've gotten this far. We're about to talk about brackets, not in this show, but brackets will be finalized soon. I'm just I'm just elated.
0: Well, and this is this is bracketology week mm-hmm. where you get to you get your brackets get out. Get your pencil out. Get what well, yeah, that's the thing. Uh, well, there are some pens that can be used and I'll count the number of pen teams that we can use 7 11 16 27 33 35 40. Okay. We know we know one quarter... We know Mm -hmm. one uh, almost a quarter of the teams that are already locked in place because of region championships, and this is where the fun starts because then it's positions, it's figuring out tiebreakers. Are there mini games that you know mini games and tiebreakers and coin flips and all that kind of stuff? Uh, And uh, if you have a question involving your particular region, catch up with your favorite team, their their coach of the school. I'm sure they'll have all the answers for you. All your local your local scribes and things like that because. Each region is different. Mm-hmm. You just have to double check to make sure that all the the guidelines that you know are the guidelines that are still in place. Because this is the first year of reclassification, things might have changed. So just double check with your local teams to figure out what those, uh, those tiebreakers are.
1: We've got a lot to preview coming up, so let's take a look at the week that was our football Friday in Georgia game of the week. We were at College Park for Number Seven Lovejoy versus Number Eight Westlake, a big Region Four Six A showdown that, to everyone's surprise, yeah. ended up being completely lopsided. Lions quarterback R.J. Johnson was seventeen of eighteen passing, that's pretty darn good yeah. for two hundred and seventy-three yards and two touchdowns. Running back Zena Mulba carried most of the load on the ground, helping Westlake to a thirty-to-nothing lead at halftime the Lions scored 21 more unanswered points in the second for a final score of 51 to nothing good enough to clinch the region title for the 7th year in a row. Head coach Bobby May's team moves to 8 and 1 on the year and will play Tucker on Friday. Lovejoy moves to 7 and 2, and will face North Atlanta on Thursday for its final game of the regular season, John.
0: Yeah, an emotional night at Westlake obviously, mm-hmm. uh, paying tribute to their their principal uh Uh, Jamar Robinson and his wife, Anne Marie, tragically lost to us in Puerto Rico while they were on vacation. Uh, Very emotional night. A lot of tributes from both teams. And I give uh, Coach Carson and Lovejoy and their community a lot of credit. Bobby May talked about uh, after the game how... Uh, everyone at, at Langston Hughes was catching up with him. Everybody, is checking on him. So uh, a lot of a lot of love by the Fulton County Schools. Dr. Stephen Kraft was there as well, and uh, to just kind of show support for Carl Green, the athletics director, and everybody there in the Westlake community. Very emotional night. And uh, Ad Green, he he caught up with me second quarter, and I'm sitting there watching the game, and it's in front of me, and he he's like he goes, John. You know, and I'm looking around trying to figure out who goes. He goes behind you, and I look, and it's and it's Carl,
1: mm-hmm. and he
0: says they're really playing it for him tonight, aren't they? Oh, and and they Gives really you did. And it was it was a fantastic effort, and I also think that uh, having three games in less than two weeks also caught up with Lovejoy. We we talk about schedule compression, mm-hmm. and uh, Lovejoy was a part of that. Chattanooga is still going to be a part of it heading into the sprint here in the finish, and I know that it was part of what you wanted to talk about as well. But uh, a lot of a lot of folks. Uh, think that that was also part and parcel to it that it also caught up with Love Joy. Coach Carson's not going to use that as an excuse, but you know, sometimes when you're playing three games in less than two weeks it catches up with you.
1: I mean Matt Stewart said it best on the broadcast. This was supposed to be a close yeah. game. Maxwell this was one had of the, it as a one-point game. Yeah. This was one of the top games in the state. Mm-hmm. And for them to win 51 to nothing for Principal Robinson was outstanding. You did a great job covering that story all night, John. Describe some of the ceremonies that happened at halftime. Well,
0: you had well, even... Started, and pregame. Yeah, it happened pregame where you had uh, the band for Westlake uh, come out onto the field and both mm-hmm. teams took a knee and they had a, a special presentation there. And then it, uh, they laid wreaths at the, the Westlake line in the south end zone. And then at halftime, you had a uh, another, uh, the Westlake band comes out onto the field and the band was static except for the, uh, the, the uh, dance team and the drum major, considering Mr. Robinson was a drum major at Florida A&M. And so there was some symbolism there as well. And everybody, uh, you saw all the T-shirts, hashtag Robinson Strong with the Westlake logo and things like that. But and then after the game, uh, they had another, uh, another processional out, to, uh, out of the stadium, too. So it was just a, a well-rounded night celebrating lives lost to us too soon.
1: Everyone here at GPB's thoughts and prayers are with the Robinson family, friends, Westlake community. What a tragedy and heavy hearts. We've been mm-hmm. thinking about it all week, yeah, thinking just about one, it all yeah, game. Yeah,
0: just wanted to send uh, our love your way mm-hmm. and know that uh, we're thinking about you, too.
1: Well, Let's take a look at what happened around the rest of the state. What the re- happened around the rest the of the state The regular season week? wrapped for many teams, although we got this week. It was a wrap yeah. for some of them.
0: Yeah. You want me to tell y- you? <laughs> yeah, what's on your list? What's on your list,
1: and we'll go from there. <laughs> I'm just going to make you guess. i just.
0: Joking. Yeah what's what's on my what's on your list?
1: <laughs> All right, I'm going to do some rapid fire today. Okay, there you go. Lowndes moves into the two seed behind Colquitt yeah. in Region One Seven A. Mm-hmm. They defeated Camden County twenty eight to twenty one. Yeah,
0: that one was tight early mm-hmm. on, and then uh, Lowndes got the Duke. They had a 28-14 lead with seven and a half to go, and they held on. But that was a back and forth game in the first half.
1: Collins Hill clinched its first Region Eight Seven A title since 2013 by defeating Mill Creek 28 to 17.
0: And we saw Collins Hill on Football Fridays in Georgia. You know, a lot of folks were stunned about the win over North Gwinnett, and this right now with Collins Hill at eight and two, they've got ten games in. They've got the week off, and the next game for them is the playoffs.
1: Lee County clinched its fourth Region One Six A title in a row. We talked to Coach Dean Fabrizio later in the show, so we don't have to get into that one too much. The nope. final score: yep. Trojans forty-one, Baldasta seven. Next. Well, you
0: said you didn't want to. You didn't want to get too in depth with it because we got Coach Fabrizio coming on. Just I know. I'm it. sorry. Welcome. Next game. Fans.
1: Cartersville won the Region 7-5A championship, defeating Calhoun 31-14.
0: Carlos Del Rio Wilson got his first start of the year, just nice. in time for them to uh, play their ninth game. They're going to have this week off, and the next thing for the Purple Hurricanes will be the playoffs.
1: Athens Academy will take second place in Region 8 Single-A Private after defeating George Walton Academy pretty handedly, 56-31. to
0: Yep, that one was a shootout. And, you know, you look at the teams at the top of the ladder in Class A Private. Everybody's looking at Prince Avenue Christian, the the one loss for Athens Academy this year. And uh, Prince Avenue gets Athens Christian this week. But you look at the top four teams in Class A Private, PAC, Eagles Landing Christian, Fellowship, and Athens Academy.
1: And the last game on my list, Cedartown clinched its first region title since two thousand and eleven with a win over central carrollton thirty four to seven.
0: Yeah, and you look at a good football town like Cedartown and it's good to see how things have cycled through uh, you know you you know uh, Nick Chubb, you heard of him? I yeah name sounds familiar. You could tell when he was a senior at Cedartown that he was going to be doing what he's doing in the NFL. and to, to see a town like Cedartown that's had history in the past with Doc Ayers and Everett Kelly making championship runs in the the 90s as well. It's just it's good to see Cedartown back finishing uh, they right now they're at uh, six and two and they're at Heritage Ringle to finish out their regular season.
1: All right, John. What games did you have on your list?
0: Clinch and Irwin. Ooh. Clinch and Irwin for me was right at the top of the list, and Irwin loses thirteen nothing. The top-ranked team in single A public gets bumped off. There was uh, what happened? It was uh, I want to say it was six nothing or seven nothing. It's uh, one. It's it was six nothing or seven nothing. I can't remember if the first score had the, the PAT or not. But uh, you had Irwin County driving for. Oh, it had to have been the game-winning score. So it was six nothing. And so Irwin's driving for the possible game winning score and then it's a pick 6 the other way and then uh, so Irwin loses 13 Whoopsies. to nothing. Irwin loses 13 nothing in the region of doom. They can still win the region title with a win over Turner County this week. So uh, I think that uh, Casey Soliday and everybody down there at Irwin County, they're, they're going to have a rather intense week of practice before they get ready for uh, the, uh, the game against Ashburn coming up on Friday.
1: I can only imagine.
0: Yeah, and then you've got uh, Marist, who knocked off Miller Grove and Quad A. You, know, uh, you look at Marist and Jefferson and Carver-Columbus. Carver-Columbus was in a back and forth with, with Hardaway. Hardaway had a great season to date there in Quade as a part of the discussion. I know we have to talk about Cedar Grove, too. They had to forfeit four victories, but uh, no one knew about this publicly until uh, last Friday night. And so right now, their record officially stands at one and four. So uh, they self-reported using an ineligible player and wins over Milton, GAC, Carver, Atlanta, and Redan. So they're now at 1-4. and four. They have to win this week against Sandy Creek to make the playoffs in Region 5 AAA. And they would go in as the Region 3C. GAC is now the Region champ because of it. And their w- a Region win streak now at 43. Milton's record now goes to 8-0. and 0. And so that's a big news there in AAA. It'll be interesting to see how that shows up on the polls because mm-hmm. we know what Cedar Grove can be as a team. How big of a drop do they get from being the top ranked team in AAA? Are they still a top ranked? Uh, are they still a top 10 team in AAA? Do they fall out completely or do we sit there and look at the body of work? And I think it's going to be interesting to see how it shows up in a lot of the top 10s around the state.
1: I guess it depends on who the player was. And
0: and, you know, and do you sit there and you, do you under, do you look at Cedar Grove and what you anticipate from Cedar Grove? Or do you look at that win-loss record? I think mm-hmm. that that's going to be the big indicator. Uh, Colquitt got the big one over Tift to go to 7-0 in 6A. Uh, let's see. Who else? Buford also gets the win. Uh, Alatoona's undefeated there at 8-0. River Ridge still 8-0. They had their game canceled. Richmond Hill finished their regular season at 8-2. Uh, 5A. Uh, blessed Trinity got to their fifth game of the of the season in. They've, they're at five and zero at the top of the rankings. Remember Warner Robins and Coffee that was canceled, so we've got to figure out region standings with that and tiebreakers and all that stuff. So let's see. Quad A Bainbridge got a win over Thomas County Central, thirty seven to fourteen. We talked about Triple A with uh, what's going on there at the top with Cedar Grove and GAC. Appling County had their game with Brantley County canceled. Seven and zero. They get seven and one. Pierce County this week. That one's going to be a fun one. Fitzgerald at nine and zero. Raven County finishes their season at nine and one. Regular season. Gunner Stockton, another day at the office, otherwise known as Friday. Three eighty and six <laughs> through the air. One hundred and twenty and two on the ground. So five hundred total yards of offense from Gunner Stockton up at Raven County. Wow. So that is just a small version of what happened in the week that was. Before we get into the week that will be, we got a guest.
1: We do. We are getting the thumbs up that Lee County Head Coach Dean Fabrizio is on the line.
0: And the first question comes from Hannah Gooden.
1: Coach, Lee County is a top-ranked team in 6A. You're coming off a big 41-7 win over Valdosta to not only clinch your fourth Consecutive region title, but you also got your 100th win with the Trojans after that win. How big of a game was that for you and your team?
2: Well, you know, we've played a lot of big games here, and I said this, you know, the week leading up to the game, and as people asked, you know, we've played a lot of big ones here in in Leesburg and and over these last several years, but that was probably as big a regular season game as we've had here. You know, you had the number one ranked team in the state playing the number three ranked team. Region title was on the line. You had teams that had won the last four region titles. uh, And and three of the last four state championships in this division. So it was about as big as it gets. And, uh, you know, fortunately, we were able to come out on top.
0: When it comes to this particular season, how tough of a coaching job has it been for you and the staff down there on a a couple of different fronts? Obviously, the the COVID-19 front and also the fact that you're in a mini-region, for lack of a better word, and you're having to schedule uh, 98 non-region games before you get into your region schedule. How tough a coaching job has this been for you this year?
2: Well, the the non-region slate is tough when you have to find seven non-region games, especially here in South Georgia, just because of the proximity of schools. There's not a lot that are close by that would easily play. So it's very, very difficult to find that many. And then you know, of course all the coaches have been dealing with the COVID situation, the uncertainty that that brings and you know, coaches uh, in general are, are creatures of habit and, and uh, like, like normalcy and like things uh, they're comfortable in and this has certainly made all of us uncomfortable with the constant change and you know, from from not having the spring practice or the summer OTAs to you know having to, to every week kind of see what the rules were and and how you could bring your team in throughout the summer. It's it's certainly been a season like we've never experienced before, uh, and you had to adjust on the fly. And of course, we got hit really bad early. You know, we missed the first three weeks of pads. You know, we started three weeks later than everybody or most most people because people were hitting worse, but uh, because of a COVID shutdown. But knock on wood, since then we've uh, we've been very lucky in in that regard. But like I said, it was, we, were, we were behind the eight ball from the get-go because we missed those first three weeks in pads.
1: I want to talk about some of your playmakers. Caleb McDowell rushed for 111 mm-hmm. yards and two scores on 10 carries against Valdosta. Chauncey Magwood also rushed for 86 yards and passed for 100. Mm-hmm. What do those guys mean to your team, and who else stands out?
2: Well, you know, you start with Chauncey, who's a four-year starter for us. He, uh, you know, selflessly uh, has moved to quarterback. You know, Smith-Benson was our starter, and, you know, he tore the ligament in his throwing hand on his thumb uh, after the Tiff game. And Chauncey went in there, quarterback, and, you know, took him a little bit to adjust and our, and our team to adjust a little bit. But, he, you know, he really hit stride Friday night. He's just a very selfless player, you know, committed to the University of Kentucky as a receiver. And, you know, he just wants to end his career on a great note here at Lee County. And then, uh, you know, Caleb, of course, uh, is, is such a dynamic dynamic athlete, you know, he's, he's got that take-it-to-the-house speed, but most guys who have that speed are Are straight line guys he's also got the ability to make people miss in close space and and that's a rare combination for a guy and then you've got Preston Simmons who's got over 30 career touchdowns here at Lee County or going on 40 now as another running back and you know those guys have have just stepped their game up and really done a great job this year and and are great players for us
0: nine games in eight and one you've got a week off before you get into the playoffs where do you think you are as a team right now heading into the bye week and then season three
2: We feel like there's still a lot of things we can improve on. Uh, You know, we obviously played probably our best game last week versus Valdosta but you know earlier in the year we felt like we played our best game we're hitting stride versus Warren Robbins and then you know we kind of didn't play well for, for the next couple of weeks and you know a lot of that had to do with uh, you know Smith Pinson's injury at quarterback early in the Tiff County game the, the next week after Warren Robbins but uh, you know with without the spring practice without the summer OTAs and, and with missing those, those first three weeks of fall practice and pads you know we, we've kind of like a lot of people it took us a while to kind of find our team and find the identity of this team and get the pieces in the right places and you know we're, we're while we feel like we've got that there's still certainly a lot of things we could we can work on and it's different than other years when you're this late in the season
1: your regular season is over and Mm -hmm. after this week brackets will be completed what are your expectations through the playoffs
2: well, you know, we're, like we talk every year, you know, we're just going to, you know, we want to play as long as we can. And, you know, how long that is depends on us and how well we play. And then, of course, our opponents, too. So, you know, our ex, you know, we've always got high expectations here at Lee County. And, you know, we, we have to embrace those, you know. But uh, by the same token, we can't lose sight of the fact that, you know, uh, we got to take it one game at a time. And we can't get all caught up in state championship or bust because a lot of things have to go fall into place for that to happen.
0: So then let me ask you this. When you're in a bye week, uh, are you guys... Guys, going to spread yourself out as a coaching staff to the four wins and try to do some advanced scouting. Is it going to be done at home virtually in front of a rather large television in, in a very warm home in Leesburg? What are you guys going to do this week?
2: Uh, you know, we're going to discuss that. We'll probably go watch some games Friday night, of potential playoff opponents. But uh, you know, this week we're really focused on ourselves and uh, and just getting better, getting better at our fundamentals, continuing to get better at certain things, and uh, correcting mistakes. And that'll be our main focus this week is ourselves. And then you know, when when the when it turns out and then and everything's settled and we see who we got to play we'll turn our attention to them but but right now like I said this is a good opportunity for us to to just work on ourselves and, and get better this week and correct some things because you know there's always room for improvement
1: John touched on the coronavirus pandemic and how different this season has been but what have you learned about yourself as a coach with these moments that of uncertainty and slowdown almost what have you learned about yourself and the team during this crazy year
2: well I've learned first that that I've gotten really comfortable here during my 12 years and uh and, and the natural rhythm of things and how we got things set up so it was certainly different uh, certainly different this this year uh, like it, like it was for all coaches uh you know the resiliency of our team and our players and also um, the great job they've done uh, following the protocols and, and staying, knock on wood, COVID-free since that first shutdown is, has been big. And, uh, you know, we, you know, we, we talked to the staff earlier in the year and said, yes, you know, this is just going to be a year like no other, and we're going to have to adjust to change constantly, and that's something that we've had to do. Our assistant coaches have done a great job with that. Our players have done a great job with that. And, you know, hopefully uh, we, like everyone else, can stay COVID-free the rest of this year.
0: Dean Fabrizio, the head coach of Lee County, hanging out with us here on the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast here on georgia public broadcasting this past win was your 100th two-part question let me give you the first part first do you
2: remember your first win
1: Ooh.
2: Oh, at lee county yeah Yes, I definitely remember my first win because it didn't seem like it would ever come here. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I took over and inherited a a long losing streak, and then I added to it for several games. It was actually our homecoming game my first year over America's High School. So that was a big win. And, uh, you know, I tell people all the time when they ask, well, you know, what are the state championships? You know, how did you build this? I said, guys, we we didn't start talking. When I got here, we didn't start talking about state championships right away. We were just trying to literally win a game. And then it got to be can we have a winning season? Then it got to be can we make the playoffs? And can you? Can we have back-to-back winning seasons, which they've never done before? Can we play to Thanksgiving? And the next thing you know, before you look up, it's, hey, can we defend the state title? And uh, so – that's kind of been the way here. We've kind of, you know, this was definitely not a quick fix, and we've kind of, it's kind of been one step at a time in building this thing.
0: And you mentioned that word build, and, I'll, and uh, that was my follow up question. What has it been like to, for you and the staff there to build this program to where it is? Because you had to have a lot of patience. A, you and your staff had to have a lot of patience. The administration had to have a lot of patience there in Lee County, and the fans there in Lee County who had not experienced winning had to have a lot of patience as well, and now it is something that has permeated everything from the high school down through the middle school, and now it flows. What's it been like to see that patience come to the fore on all these different fronts?
2: Well, the, the, to to see what we've been able to build here is is tremendously satisfying for me. And I say we because so many people were involved in, in, in all this. And the neatest thing is seeing the alumni come back. You know, this is, like I said, my 12th year here. And, and to see our former players when they come back and the pride that they have in everything we do and 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 just how they keep track of us and, and how much it means to them still, even though they're not playing, how it's kind of bonded and tied everything together here in this community. It's really been special.
1: What is it like to coach in Leesburg? What's your. I know these communities are so tight knit, and we love high school football. We love the energy. What is it? What is that community like, and what is it like down there?
2: Well, you know, we're a little unique in, in that we're not your typical, I guess, South Georgia town. There really is no. Town here, uh, we're kind of a uh, bedroom community to Albany, and so we're kind of a suburban slash rural type town. You know, probably more suburban. You know, we, we uh, you know, most uh, eighty, probably eighty-five to ninety percent of our people in Lee County work in the, the Doherty area, the following one. We're we're truly a bedroom community, and you know, most people live here for the schools. And and uh, so it's unique. And then you know, the other thing that's unique, which makes us a suburban type community, is you know, a lot of our parents are, are you aren't from here. You know, they they we do have a, a a sizable amount that they went to Lee County and their kids are going here. But, but a lot of them are from other areas and they got transferred to this area that'll work at Phoebe, the Marine base, uh, Procter and Gamble, M M&M and M Mars, you know, one of the places in Albany, and you know they chose to live, you know, right over the the county line and send their kids to school here in Leesburg and make the short drive into work, and and so that's unique. So while while we are a you know a South Georgia school and a South Georgia town, and you know our kids take tremendous pride in that they play football here in South Georgia, they take a lot of pride in it. But on the flip side, you know we're we're really almost like a suburban type community more than maybe anywhere else in South Georgia.
0: One of the cool things that I've always always loved about a football friday in leesburg are the motorcycles and not a lot of folks know about this tradition it's one of the loudest traditions on a football friday for sure but i think it's also one of the coolest ones when it comes to the introductions of the players when when everything is hopping and humming and the place is full what's it like to hear those engines as a part of the procession knowing that that is distinct to lee county
2: well it was pretty awesome but we actually had to discontinue right. that a couple of years ago yeah. uh it was pretty awesome but they uh they discontinued it just for safety reasons. But yeah, that was a, a long-standing tradition we had here. I think my second year here, there used to be a big Harley Davidson dealership in Leesburg, and they sponsored a game and they came out on those motorcycles and our administration saw it and started having a fit. And then, after, and then after it happened, they said, man, that's pretty cool. So they started doing it every game, and we did that for about eight years, and it was really, really neat. Boy, that's loud when they cranked those Harleys up. And, you know, after uh, we, we discontinued a couple years ago just because of the potential safety right, issues and yeah. litigation things that we just couldn't chance it anymore. But uh, it was it was a really neat thing. But it's still a pretty, uh, pretty special atmosphere on game night here in Leesburg.
1: All right, Coach. We do this thing on our new Recruiting 2020 show where we make that kid an offer or make that kid a better offer. I know we've talked about some of your top playmakers, but who's someone on your team that is overlooked, that needs to be featured and in the spotlight a little more than they are?
2: Well, you know, we've got a lot of good players on this team, and I think you, you take a kid like a, a Jeffrey Bryan, who was an offensive guard for us, or Anthony McGrady, who's a linebacker for us. You know, they're not the, the typical huge prospects. Jeffrey was a starter nose guard last year. He selflessly moved to offensive guard this year. You know, he's a kid that's 5'11", 265 pounds, but is just a great high school football player and uh, possibly he will get a chance at a smaller level to play in college. But, you know, while he's not uh, one of the major prospects you hear about, he's certainly a kid that, uh, that, that's an impact player for us on the offensive line.
0: All right, so then as a follow-up to my motorcycle question, let me ask you this. When it comes to, and you mentioned how special football Fridays are there in Leesburg, for someone who's never been, when the crowds are what they are and what they can be, for someone who's never been, how would you describe it and what are they missing out on by not seeing a Lee County home game?
2: Well, I think it's it's an electric atmosphere on Friday night, but it's also a really uh, neat and respectful atmosphere too for visiting visiting fans and just for fans in general. You know, we do have a track around the field, so they're not right on top of you. But it's a, you know, we have plenty of space here. It's. uh um, and, uh, and, while, and and we like to think it's a good family environment for, for a high school football game as well, and we've worked hard at that. So while it's, a, uh, it's definitely an electric atmosphere here, it's, it's certainly one that's also a family-friendly environment that we've tried to work really hard to make sure of that that people can bring their families out on a Friday night and really enjoy a great experience.
0: Coach, as always, it's great to catch up with you, and it's great to find out what's going on there with one of the top-ranked teams in the state, regardless of classification. Thanks for hanging out with us here on the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast.
2: Guys, thanks for having me, and appreciate everything you all do to promote high school football.
1: Thank you, Coach. Bye. Bye.
0: As always, it's great to catch up with Coach Fabrizio and find out about everything down in Leesburg. You want to talk about um, – last time I went down there to Leesburg, there was a a Mexican restaurant – that had chicken and cheese nachos. Uh, amazing.
1: I thought you were going to say something. I mean, chicken and cheese nachos are just
0: but it's chicken the, and
1: cheese nachos, no, but John. It's,
0: but it's the portion okay. size. Okay. The, the portion size that you got when you went to this particular restaurant. And it, was, it literally was like two meals worth of meal. When you mm-hmm. ordered this particular plate, so
1: did it come with all the uh, accoutrements? Yes, on top? It, yes, it okay. did. and, okay. and
0: also uh, that's different. Lees- and Leesburg, also the home of Luke Bryan and Buster Posey. Oh, so I'm still waiting for Luke Bryan to reach out to us here at Georgia Public Broadcasting to show his support for Lee County.
1: Well, he was supposed to be on the sidelines. What was that three for the championship two years, years ago? Two, years, two ago, years ago, yeah. I did my. I was a sideline reporter, and I did my opening hit that he helped pay for the state championship rings. Yeah.
0: So, so. He, needs to, he needs to reinforce it. We need an appearance from Luke Bryan. Let's get him
1: season. on the podcast. You know what? I'm just going to get with his team and just bring him on the podcast. That
0: would be epic <laughs> to have him talk about Lee County football. Oh, would that'd be, be cool. tremendous. That would be cool. All right. What else? Is anyone on?
1: knows Luke Bryan? <laughs> yeah. Hey, does is is anybody know how to get in touch with Luke Bryan? Oh, Can we figure John. that out
0: for next week?
1: That is so funny.
0: Lee, Lee County football. Hey, anybody know how to get in touch with Luke Bryan? We want to have him on the podcast.
1: All right, we will be anxiously waiting for that. Yes. In the meantime, in though. In the meantime, you got games. We got games. Let's do a preview of this week. Our Football Friday in Georgia broadcast will feature number three Norco- Norcross. Norcross. Versus- <laughs> Norcross. Norcross. Number three Norcross Take versus two. Archer. This one will determine the Region 7-7A championship. Norcross is 9-0, 5-0 uh-huh. in region play, and has sailed through the season with little resistance. The closest call for the Blue Devils came on October 23rd when they defeated Mill Creek 23-20. Archer is 6-3, 5-0 in region play, has been equally dominant within the region. The Tigers lost their first three non-region games against all-ranked teams, Lowndes, Warner Robins, and Grayson. Uh-huh. Wow, talk about hard schedule. Well, we were
0: at Warner Robins for mm-hmm. that game.
1: We were. And they bounced back with six straight wins in a row, mm-hmm. so that's saying a lot. Yeah. Archer leads the series 4-1. to The Tigers won 31 to nothing in 2019 when both teams were state-ranked this is going to be an exciting one. I think this one will be
0: a good one. Uh, that's we just said me. that last week. Yeah, we did. We're, we, we say it every week because it
1: applies. It does apply.
0: Yeah. Uh, this so, one is
1: going to be a good one. Recruiting
0: though. 2020 leads everything off at 7 o'clock on your Friday with mm-hmm. Hannah, Matt, and myself and kick off about 7.37 or so. So Football Friday's in Georgia. Remember, it's Bracketology Friday. It is Decision Day 2020 for Georgia high school football. you got to get your brackets, mm-hmm. get, get your pencils, get your pens because both apply figure out what your team is going to do, and obviously keep an eye on everything at gpb.org and in the, the, the football section, in the sports section, in the football section, and on the app. We'll keep you posted on all the brackets, all the matchups going forward.
1: Besides Norcross Archer, what are the biggest matchups oh, to keep wow. your eye on?
0: Wow, the biggest one: uh, East Coweta and Noonan. that's okay. a, that's another one because uh, a lot of folks are saying, and uh, Scott Scott Sickler, who helps us out with uh, keeping us smart over there on the Western Frontier, probably the biggest game in Coweta County in decades. East Coweta ranked uh, number five in some polls at seven and one. Noonan ranked at number seven at nine and zero. Oh. That's going to be a big one there mm-hmm. in uh, Coweta County. You're looking at uh, as I buzz through Milton and Cherokee. It's probably going to determine uh, region positioning as well. Milton at eight and zero at Cherokee at eight and one. You're looking at Buford and decula seven and one and six and two and six A and uh, both teams ranked in the top tens. I'm buzzing through. You've got Carrollton and Douglas County. That's another one for region position. Uh, The region of doom in 5A. You've got to sit there and figure out who isn't going to make the playoffs. Uh, Warner Robins is scheduled at Veterans. Where is it? Wayne. So which one of those teams will not make it to the postseason? That's a big one there as well. Uh, Let's see. Scanning. Scanning quickly. Uh, St. Pius and Decatur In 5A is another one to determine region titles, region positionings. Uh, Jones County, Dutchtown is another one. Two teams at 6 and 3 to determine who's going to make it to the positioning for the postseason there. Uh, Let's see. Continuing to scan islands and Windsor Forest, trying to figure out region positioning there. Because remember, the Savannah schools we had Frank Sulkowski on. Last week from WJCL-TV, things are a little different with Savannah and Chatham County Public Schools and figuring out uh, region positionings for the postseason, so keep an eye on that as well. When you're looking at uh, AAA, it's a Coney County, Franklin County. That's going to d- determine uh, region positioning as well. Pierce and Appling, we talked about that one before the interview. Cherokee Bluff, can Cherokee Bluff have an undefeated regular season right now at 9-0? and They play White County, who's 6-2, and so that's uh, another stellar matchup there. In AA, let's see. I think we've talked about pretty much everything in AA. You've got Callaway and Heard County six and one and six and three. Uh, class A private. We talked about what life is like in Class A private. Can Metter have an undefeated regular season? Right now, nine and zero. Oh, they're going to be at ECI. Brooks County in the region of Doom. That's a tomorrow. That's a Tuesday game to get things squared away for Brooks County and Charlton County, Commerce and Lincoln County, also Irwin County. Remember, we talked about them. They can clinch a region title in Region Two, playing in Ashburn. Against Turner County, Chatco at Macon County as well. So that is a quick rundown of games. And remember, you've got games on Tuesday to lead you into Decision Friday. So it's going to be a, a busy bracketology week.
1: More Thursday games as well. Is there any games on Saturday?
0: Uh probably. So once the, that master once that master list pops out, then we'll let everybody mm-hmm. know. But there's you got to get through the games early part of the week before you get <laughs> to Friday know. and Saturday for scheduling.
1: Don't forget to join us on Countdown to Kickoff every Wednesday, now our new time, 5 p.m. We get into these games even more in depth, and the best part of the show is we get to talk to you guys while we're live on air in the comment section, so join us for that.
0: Always fun. Uh, what else is on your mind before we go?
1: Um, hungry. Yeah. what's What are you eating for lunch?
0: That's that's the question. we got to figure out what's for lunch So as we're talking to you. So, uh, yeah, let us know what's for lunch and what's for dinner. We get to do that on uh, Countdown to Kickoff as well. So, once again, reminder, uh, Wednesday, 5 o'clock, Countdown to Kickoff on the GPB Sports Facebook page, Recruiting twenty twenty seven o'clock, and also replays after the original airing of the Football Fridays in Georgia game. So your Fridays are set, 7 o'clock, Recruiting 2020, your Football Fridays in Georgia game of the week, After the game is over, the re air of GPB Sports Recruiting 2020, then the re air of the game of the week on Football Fridays for all of the coaches who always reach out to all Mm -hmm. of us and sit there and say, Look, we get home, we can't sleep after our games are over. So, all around the state, coaches reach out to us and sit there and say, Yeah, we watch Recruiting 2020. We watch the game of the week after we get home because we got to watch something because we always want to have, we still got football on our minds. And so, all around the state, folks are watching games after we're done.
1: Yeah, and it's really cool. I didn't know this. We are putting all of those Recruiting 2020 shows on demand at org slash sports. So if you missed any of them, you can go back and watch them. I don't know who my interview is this week. I'm just going to surprise everybody. Who was your
0: interview last week?
1: Just, well, you know, just like an okay quarterback named Jake Garcia. I heard of him. He's all, he's all right. He's i right. He was actually a really great interview in the rain in the car. He was I know he was in the car with his dad. So I was I was nervous because these interviews, you just never know about the connection. So at first it was breaking up. There was no audio and they were pulled over on the side of the road pouring down rain. And I was like, I'm never going to get this interview. <laughs> this, this is going downhill really fast. But they drove up a little bit more, got service. Um, audio was actually great, mm-hmm. so the interview went well, and he had some really good things to say. I did ask him your question if mm-hmm. he was warming up to Miami or an. Miami's SCC warming school. up to him. Miami's
0: warming up to him. You can say whatever you want, but until you sign on the You're line right. which is You're dotted, right. he
1: right. has an early enrollment date though. He said he is all USC. Okay. he's not changing. You're I know, right. John. I know. Mm-hmm. But he said he said he's he's got his date. He's ready to move in.
0: A always B B C closing. Always be closing. Always be closing. And this is where Sean would put in the drop from Glen, Gary, Glen Ross, and he'd sit there and go, "What's that?" It's a movie. Mm-hmm. Alec Baldwin, one of the best soliloquies in all of movie history. A, always B, B, C, closing. Always be closing. Always be closing, which is what I'm going to do right now. It's another edition of the Please Football do. Fridays in Georgia podcast here at Georgia Public Broadcasting. Thanks for hanging out with us, however you are doing so. Large device, or small, or on your favorite podcatcher, gpb gpb.org the GPB Sports app. And once again, your favorite podcatcher, uh, save us in your favorites, so that way when we have a new show pop up, then you'll know when that exactly happens. She's Hannah Gooden, I'm John Nelson for the Irreplaceable Sean Powers. Play it safe, everybody. Enjoy the games, we'll see you next time. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more.